This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. You anywhere. Okay. So this week I was a little out of the loop. Um, uh, we both I were. Went, yeah, we both we both were a little out this week. Um, I was traveling throughout Friday and Saturday, um, so it kind of wasn't great for my ability to follow what was going on. Yeah. Um, especially so over those two days, I drove for about twelve hours, and I was the one driving, so could not really follow anything that was going on. Um, I would check scores, like we stopped at a Waffle House, and I was looking at scores. Um, but it didn't really give me a great vibe on how everything was happening. Um, but there were a couple of teams that I still found to be poo-poo worthy. Um, the first team is actually the game that I traveled to. So I went out to the Utah State at LSU game. Um, I went out knowing that Utah State was going to get murdered, and I was not disappointed in that effect. Um, yeah, it they was got, bad. Yeah, they got spanked. It was it was real bad. Um, and what kind of made it worse was so it was an 11 a.m. kickoff. So LSU wasn't really tailgating the way that they normally do. Um, right. And part of the reason that I was excited to go to this game is because LSU is is famous for their tailgate stuff. Like everything around LSU is really good. Yeah. Um, I've talked to multiple people that are you know, SEC people, and a lot of them said LSU is the best. Oh. And the ones that didn't just said that their own school was the best. Uh, of course. And so, and they were all like, yeah, LSU's close. And so I was like, yeah, LSU's up there. <laughs> uh, so I was really excited to see, like, everything that was LSU. Um, and so went out for that game. And uh, with it being an early kick, got out there pretty early. Got to see the parade that they do where the players go into the stadium and the band comes down and they have like all their cheerleaders and it was like alumni weekend, but not homecoming. So they had like the alumni band that was part of it and they had the alumni dancers and all that. So this is pretty cool. Um, while we were watching, talked to a few really cool LSU fans, um, got to see like the statue they have of Shaq cause he played basketball there. Right. Um, walked around campus a little bit really cool but really not tailgating (laughs) the tailgating that was going on was pretty slim um granted we didn't go around that much but um it was pretty slim and it was also very hot oh yeah very hot oh yeah um and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning nine o'clock in the morning and it was so hot uh and so that made a little tough um and then i was also kind of bummed because when we were because they have an actual tiger. They have Mike the Tiger right. on campus right by the football stadium and basketball stadium. So I was excited to see that. Um, but when we were over there, it was super busy. And so we just said, oh, we'll just come back in a little bit. And when we went back later, he was inside. And so we didn't get to see him. Uh, that sucks. So kind of bummed by that. Um, but in reality, like it, it was cool to see the whole thing. They had photos, all that. But right. um, the stadium was awesome. But the Utah State team was not prepared for that game. No. Um, in certain aspects and in other aspects, I don't think they ever could have been prepared for that game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it was so hot. 
it was in the 90s and it was humid where Utah State was just coming out of like the 40s or whatever it was um, and it dry and so that change I think just drained Utah State of all energy yeah. And so that's why I think early on in the game, Utah State was a little more competitive. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a LSU point where just... they should have been up on LSU. They sh- they they mm-hmm. really should have been up fourteen to seven at a point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But... Um, and then there were a couple other opportunities where Utah State was kind of driving, and would just do something stupid. Yeah. Or where Utah State like had where they forced LSU to punt. And then they roughed the kicker or roughed the punter. Yeah. And so that, that just restarted it all. And then LSU scored a touchdown on that drive. And so there were a couple times where I thought, okay, I see where Utah State has, like, where the good things are. They're just not very good in this game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're, they're definitely weren't get, ever going to be competitive in that game. Nope. Um, the only bright spot for Utah State in that game was – that although they lost 42 to 6 it was the least amount that LSU has scored this season okay but it was also the least amount that a LSU opponent has scored <laughs> okay yeah that's not great sorry i apologize um georgia southern's only scored 3 points okay so so we did better sim- than georgia southern good yeah we did better than georgia southern but not as good as Northwest State, the FCS team oh, that God. played them. That's, so, that's not great. That's pretty bad. So Utah State is a nominee for Poo Poo Team of the Week this week. Absolutely. Um, because that really is all that that looked like out on the field. It was Poo Poo in every essence. Yeah, and there were certain points. Like There was a point where we were at their like, 40 45 yard line it was like fourth and two and i mean it was at that point i think it was like an 18 point game yep. and we just punted the ball I it's did. like okay so we're not gonna try and be competitive we're in not, this game we're we just, don't want to win it yep. we're just gonna try and not get demolished is what it seemed like to me and they still got spanked pretty hard yep and it was a lot of times where it was a three and out and all three plays were just to run up the middle yeah yeah where it, you know it'd be third and eight and it would be like, all right, just run the draw. Yeah, and that just sucked. And so you could tell kind of the mentality there was we're out of reach. We're not going to get within reach. Dial it back, which I didn't love. No, I, w- I would rather go out swinging. I would I would have rather us lost 60 to 6 if they mm-hmm. were like trying, trying. to win and yep. love through more picks or we fumble or, or what have you. But yep. just it felt like they just weren't trying, which is why like I turned off the game after like the third quarter because yeah. I was like, okay, you guys are getting spanked and you're not trying to win this game. You're not, not trying, trying to be to competitive in this game. So why why should yep. I watch this game? Yep. So that, that's what made it tough. Um, yeah. So Utah State is a nominee for Poo Poo Team of the Week. Um, this is a special West Coast Poo Poo Team of the Week edition. All four teams are from the West Coast. Mm. Um, Number two is Washington is a nominee for Poo Poo Team of the Week. Um, they lost to Stanford, who, if you remember the other day we were talking about it, Stanford looks real bad this year. Yeah, they have not uh, looked great. Yeah, so, but somehow Stanford is winning 
some decent games, so I guess maybe they're not complete trash. Um, but no, they're they're not good. They're not good this year. No, uh, they were barely able to beat Oregon State. Um, who will reference that in a minute? But yeah, so Stanford looking that bad and still being able to beat Washington is just terrible for Washington. They were the number 15 team in the country, and that just pops them right out of the playoff hopes. It really probably destroys the entire Pac-12's chance. I mean, it even hurts Oregon collectively. Oregon, Utah, and USC are probably the only ones left with an outside shot. Um, Actually, sorry, USC has two losses. My bad. Oregon and Utah are probably the only ones with an outside shot. And even them, if Washington doesn't look good, if Washington isn't a quality win, there's not many quality wins to have. And so then they just sit there and say, no, sorry, as a one-loss conference champion, you're on your way out. Yeah. So, and, uh, and Auburn losing this week definitely hurt Oregon's yep. chances. Yep, exactly. And so Oregon, the Pac-12 has, has collectively – lost their shot at the playoffs and Washington losing to Stanford is kind of the nail in the coffin on it. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that Washington was going to make the playoffs, but it was that there, somebody beating Washington was going to be the quality win where now Washington is four and two. And let's assume they lose to Oregon and Utah beating an eight and four Washington team should, isn't what you want on your resume. Right, yeah, it doesn't really say playoff caliber team because you beat an 8-4 and four team. Yeah. When you have three SEC teams that are going to be fighting for a spot, yeah. two Big Ten teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, so there, there are about eight teams this year, well, probably seven now, Yeah. that I think are the uh, playoff caliber teams. And the Pac-12 is decidedly out of that. So it's going to be real tough on them. But so Washington is a nominee. And New Mexico is (laughs) the third nominee for Poo Poo Team of the Week. They are – it's incredible how bad they look. Um, They lost to San Jose State, and they were getting murdered by San Jose State. Yeah, I looked at one point. Not they, a good thing. Yeah, I looked at one point and they were down like twenty six to zero, and yeah. I thought for sure at that point they were a lock for poo poo team of the week. They brought it back a little bit. Yeah, they, they brought it back to thirty two to twenty one, but they were losing twenty six to seven at halftime. Yeah, and so the fact that basically San Jose State was able to coast, I didn't watch it. I assume they probably started putting in a little bit more of the second string yeah. as the fourth quarter wrapped up. If San Jose State's able to put in their fourth string or second string on you, <laughs> able to run soft on you, yeah. that's not good. No. And so we would like to congratulate New Mexico on being the worst team in the Mountain West. Um, yeah, congratulations, guys. You've yeah, done it. you've done it. You've become worse than San Jose State. Um, there's some argument for UNLV to be the worst team in the Mountain West, but UNLV hasn't lost to San Jose State yet, so <laughs> that's true. It's it's pretty firmly New Mexico right now. Do they play New this Mexico's, year? 
Uh, no, they don't play each other. Damn, there should and be so a Sacco Bowl at the end of the year for those teams. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, that's there's what I really want. No... Just the worst teams in every conference to play each other, just to see who's truly the worst in each conference. I think there's that wouldn't be the worst option. Um, I don't know how much viewership those those games would get, other than you know that those teams' fans themselves, and even at that point, they're probably like. I don't want to watch my team be the biggest team in be the officially league. the worst one or the division yeah. or conference. That's the word I'm looking for. Conference. Yep. And I think it would be great if they had it where like there was like an actual penalty for losing that game. <laughs> like I've always been a fan. I think this should be a thing of relegation. Oh yeah, I wish we could do relegation. It would. Make I think it, be- it should totally be a thing. Um, have it be where. Each P5 conference is tied to a G5 conference, and every G5 conference is tied to the FCS. And so, if you are one of the, if you are the worst team in your division, in your P5, you drop to G5, and the division champions of the year before climb to P5 that year, and then you just keep shifting it up and down. So basically Weber state would be in the mountain West right now. And San Jose state would, would be FCS. If not like this division three. Yeah. Keep falling. Um, I think that'd be really cool. I understand that the financials about it are yeah. kind of a mess, and but at the same time, who it would cares? Be but that, that would be great. Especially like looking at sec being so top, top heavy, that would fix oh, it yeah. right there. Get rid of some oh, of those yeah. Garbo teams. The the only the another issue with that though is like, do they had does it just do one sport? Like, do you, are you out of the SEC in football, but you're still in basketball? <laughs> yeah. Like, I I know there are some teams out there that are like, but I think those are like yeah lower tier teams. Yeah, I mean most most teams if they're independent. It's because there's not a good, basically no conference wants them. Right. Um, now, some of them like Notre Dame, for example, is independent, but really they're part of the ACC. It's just they don't want to be in the ACC because they have benefits elsewhere. Right. Um, then you get like BYU, who is effectively a Mountain West team, the way they've been scheduling Mountain West schools recently um and they want to be in a bigger conference but they don't want them and the mountain west hasn't accepted them in and byu hasn't accepted it either so it's kind of a weird spot but basically everyone else with the exception of army i'll give army their own shot they're kind of like navy or they're kind of like uh, notre dame and byu everyone else liberty new mexico state umass uh yukon is going independent is basically because they're just really they don't fit anywhere else. They're right. they're either not playing to that level, or they're difficult to get to, or whatever it may be. They're just separate. So yeah, it would it would be really tough. Um, I would say just keep only transfer football, keep basketball and everything else where they're at. But it would be pretty sweet. It'd that be pretty would be great. sweet. It would just cause a lot of chaos once like teams are in different conferences for different sports and oh yeah it would change in conference like that team that's in limbo that just gets relegated one year and then 
gets promoted just the next year and just keeps forth. bouncing yeah. and bounced back and forth. It just cause chaos. Yeah, it'd be and, wild. But it'd be um, fun as hell. It'd be so sweet. It would be so great. Um, so the next team that is nominated for Poo Poo Team of the Week is UCLA. Mm. And we'd also like to say congrats, er, congratulations to UCLA. You are now the worst team in the Pac-12. Um, they lost. Title. Yeah, they lost to Oregon State. Oof. Um, who... Uh, there is now like a 40% chance or 20% chance or something like that that Oregon State makes a bowl. Um, <laughs> they're not going to do it, but it's funny how like they've won a couple gimme games and then UCLA was trash. And so right. I kind of feel bad for um, for, Wa- for Wazoo right now because that's UCLA's only win. Yeah. was that crazy Wazoo game. And there's no, I mean, I guess Stanford sucks and they play Stanford next week and after a bye. So I guess they can steal that one, but Arizona state's good. Colorado's decent enough. Utah's good. USC's good. Cal's good. Like this probably is going to be a one and 11 UCLA team and Chip Kelly might get fired. Probably. He should I think get his fired. Buyout we'll see. High, though. Yeah, I, don't, that's, I think that's money wise, problem. he's he's safe, but that's rough. That's real rough. So those are those are the different options for for poo poo team of the week. Um, I'm giving it to New Mexico this week. Yeah, I was going to pick New Mexico as well. Yeah, they're only they have two wins. One is an eight-point win over an FCS school that is an average FCS school, not even like a good <laughs> FCS school, right. an average one. They barely snuck out a win. And then their other win is a shootout win against New Mexico State, um, who I'll talk about in a second, but they're not good. Right. Um, so New Mexico just looks like trash right now, and this week was their shot to kind of be like, well, maybe we're not good but we're not the worst in the Mountain West. And nope, yeah, they are. They are the worst in the Mountain West. They look so bad. Yep. Yep, um, they're garbage. So congratulations to New Mexico. You are the poo-poo team of the week. Um, and we are now, for most teams, uh, we're now six games in, so we're halfway through the season. Right. Um, and I would like to nominate or have the uh, mid-season poo-poo team of the year um and they are a on a high watch list to be the poo-poo team of the season um ucla is definitely on that short list right but i'm gonna give it to new mexico state as the poo-poo team of the first half of the season they are zero six um some of their losses are respectable. They lost to Bama. They lost to Washington State. Mm. Um, they lost to San Diego State okay. and Fresno State. But they also lost to New Mexico and Liberty. Um, and New Mexico State, as an independent, doesn't really have much to look forward to from here on out. Um so now they'll get Central Michigan, they'll get uh, Georgia Southern, 
Then they get to go to Old Miss. Um, then they play their FCS opponent, who maybe they can win. Then they'll play UTEP. And then they finish this season at Liberty. Yep, that's Liberty, the team that already beat them. They're playing them again. Seriously? Yep, they'll play them they twice. They couldn't this find year. anyone else to play, so they played Liberty twice? Yep. Okay. And they did it last year, too. Um, um, they're, yeah, they're. That's very how you much... know you're complete garbage. Yeah. And you can't even find 12 teams that'll play you in a year. Can't even find 12. Yep. And so, uh, it's a rough spot. And it's rough for Liberty and New Mexico State, but New yeah. Mexico State looks bad. So, so bad. Um, so they are our mid season poo poo team of the week. And we'll see, we'll see what happens from there. Um, but now I just wanted to talk real quick about some of the games that I saw this week. Um, the first game that I watched was the Thursday game. It was the only game on Thursday. And as is tradition, you should always watch the Thursday um, game, the Thursday AC or a- American game, the AAC game over whatever ES or NFL game is going on. Uh, <laughs> This week did not disappoint, not because of the game itself. Right. In reality, the game was not that great, but because ESPN puts their best broadcasting team, in my eyes, fantastic. I, at that game. So absolutely it's Pat McAfee and Adam Amin. Um, Amazing. And it was, Hilarious. it was incredible. It was the best broadcast I've ever seen in my life. Um. So Pat, I know you love Pat McAfee. I love him. He's my favorite He's, like ex-football player to watch. Yeah. He was just getting into it with just everything that he was saying. He was just going wild. It was so fun. Um like I could not believe all of the fun little things that he was saying and going through and just like Adam Amin could not handle it. There were multiple times where Adam Amin was just like you could hear him like cry laughing as he's trying to broadcast. And Adam is super professional, does a great job. He's probably my favorite actual broadcaster. Right. Um but he just he couldn't handle it. Um and one of the highlights, well, so there were three things that happened in this game that just made it perfect. So, first of all, the game was fairly close. Um, at halftime, right? So Temple was up seventeen to seven or seventeen to ten. Um, it was pretty close, and even into the third quarter, pretty competitive. Um, but in the fourth quarter, um, Pat McAfee pointed out that the betting line on this game was fourteen and a half points. Um, right. and so he, sorry, it was 11 points, my bad. So just looked it up. It was 11 points. And he said, right now it is a seven point game or it's a 17 point game. So although this game is probably decided, the betting line is not. And so from that point on, they were calling the game as if the betting line was the winner and loser and so when there were little plays even though temple was up 17 points that 
potentially put ECU in scoring position, they were going crazy. <laughs> it was so great. They talked about how Scott Van Pelt had bet on this game. Oh, <laughs> And so um, he tweeted about it too, about how he's just like, I don't know, man. Like go, he was nervous. It was so great. So they were just going crazy. And at the end of the game, um, with like, so ECU got the ball with three minutes left in the game and they start driving and with 30 seconds left in the game, they get this beautiful touchdown, um, a pass from, uh, CJ Johnson or a pass to CJ Johnson from Holton Ayers and make the, the extra point, And that puts it at a 10 point game, meaning <laughs> that temple isn't going to cover and they're, they go crazy with the touchdown. And then um, ECU goes for the onside kick and gets it. Oh, my gosh. And so it's like, wow, okay, you know, 30 seconds left in the game. This is, like, legit. Something could actually happen. And so they go for it, and on the last play of the game, you know, they're doing the little toss back, Uh you know, the the hook and ladder. Um, And they fumble it. And Temple picks up the ball, and they run it back for a touchdown. And they are going wild. They are going absolutely crazy because Temple covered. And then the refs say, no, 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 we blew it dead. Oh, my God. Um, And you go back, and, yeah, you can hear the whistle clearly when they stop the forward momentum, and the refs called it dead. And so it's like the whole idea of the refs are just like, yeah, the game's over. It doesn't matter. But the betting line was so close. It was just such a great ending for such a not that great game. But the way that they like broadcast it was awesome. See, that's why I love Pat McAfee. He can make a game like that seem so interesting and so like entertaining. Oh yeah. Like put him on. Like, you don't need to put him on Clemson, Alabama. You can put oh, him no. on any game, and he's gonna make it as entertaining as that game can be. Mm-hmm. So. Like, honestly, check out his podcast, the Pat McAfee Show. He is super entertaining. He's super knowledgeable. Actually, yeah. I don't know if he's doing the podcast anymore. I think he moved to radio. Oh, to some show with the AVN or whatever they are. Yeah. Um, but he's still, you can still watch it on his YouTube, the Pat McAfee Show. Very okay. entertaining, very knowledgeable. He talks about NFL. He talks about college. He knows a heck of a lot. He obviously he played. All. So, And he is entertaining as hell as that story oh, yeah. can probably tell you. Yep. And then the other thing that was great was we were introduced to uh, the Temple uh, football video team and a special man <laughs> named Macho Scotty Smalls. Um... And Macho Scotty Smalls um, had challenged Pat McAfee to a punting competition. And he did it like Macho Man Randy Savage and was just like, brother, we're going to go out and fight. He's just doing this whole thing. It was so good. It was, it was hilarious. High quality video in this challenging that had like L- Hollywood movie level special effects <laughs> yeah. in this. Well, it no, was a very entertaining video. So there's one point where um, in the challenge video, uh, Scotty Sm- Macho Scotty Smalls kicks the ball and it just like bounces and it's just like stopping and then as soon as it stops it just explodes <laughs> and it's just like 
<laughs> oh, that was an Adam Amin laugh for like a solid mm. minute straight after that, just right into the mic. It was hilarious. They were dying. Well, so then Pat McAfee took him up on it, and before the game, they made he they made a bet, and Pat said, "You know, I can't I can't kick anymore. I've got too many issues." But Scotty, if you can punt it thirty yards. I will give $10,000 of my own money to whatever charity you want. And so he goes out, Scott Macho Scotty Smalls goes out, he punts it, it goes the whole distance and he just goes crazy. <laughs> um and he does like the Pat McAfee like strut. Oh yeah. Uh, and he does like a couple other things and like says like for the brand lock in and like all this different <laughs> stuff. So great. That's it amazing. was perfect and so they were dying with that and then the game goes on but then with like three and a half minutes left in the game ecu's stadium lights go out they had a power outage oh yeah mid play <laughs> mid play um and so there was 15 minutes for them to fix it and then the lights to turn back on so basically this whole 15 minutes pat and adam are just are just having fun and they show the the scotty small stuff again and they just have a blast it was so good it was i i mean like you said most games are when they get to this type of you know 27 to 10 just aren't that entertaining at the end but i was loving it i i could have i could have watched that game for another hour (laughs) if it was just going on just let it go it was perfect yeah I loved it. Um, so the couple other games real quick that I wanted to talk about was the Auburn. Uh, they lost to Florida, so that was yeah. number seven ranked Auburn, uh, losing number 10 Florida. And my big question with that one, and I talked about it before, is how good is each team? Auburn, I before I had them as one of the eight teams that I could see making the playoff. Um, uh-huh. And I felt like Florida was just short of it. Well, Florida beat them, so the question now becomes, is Florida now one of those teams? Because Auburn's basically out. Right. Um, or what? And I frankly, I just don't think Florida's there. I think they're I think they're just short of it. Yeah, um, their defensive line is legit. I love their defensive yeah. line, especially their edge rushers. But yeah, so I, I think for me, it's just this whole idea of like Florida's good. Um, I think they're probably the number eight, number nine team in the country. But I just think that there's that cliff after that yeah, top tier, absolutely. and I think they're they're not on top of that cliff. So that's where I'm at. Um, the other game that was also a where are they at game, it was Iowa playing Michigan, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of the the fact that Iowa had been surprising people, and Michigan had been disappointing people, um, especially their offense. Especially their yeah, their offense was bad. Decent. And then their defense was okay, but I mean, they still struggled to stop like the army rush. Right. And so it's kind of this whole idea of like, I mean, I get the triple option teams are weird, but like if you're top tier, you should be able to stop that. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and so Michigan won, and that, I think that's perfect. They won seven or 10 to three, yeah. um, which I guess that answers questions about their defense. Um, it leaves all the questions about their offense. I think it answers questions about their offense. Their <laughs> offense is not going to be very good. They're only yes. going to win games if their defense can hold the team they're playing to less points than their offense can manage to score. 
Well, I think that's general for most games. Fan- right. That is the fact. <laughs> that is in fact the case for every game. But yeah. but but I think you knew what I meant in the fact yeah, that like their 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 defense is what is keeping them in this game. Like their offense is not going to be putting out very many points. So they're going to yep. be relying on their defense to make the other team put up less points and so that they have more points than the other team at the end of the game so that they, you know, win the game. Yeah. Yeah, they're not in a spot to do a shootout. They need it to be low scoring yeah. to have a shot. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I still I don't love Michigan. We'll see where they're at, but um and I also just think Iowa was in I think Iowa's a good team, but I just don't think Iowa's a great team. Absolutely. Um and it was proven. Mm-hmm. So then the the last game that I want to talk about was the Tulsa SMU game. Tulsa was I thought about putting him on here for poo-poo team of the week, um, but it was a it was a good game, so I decided not to. Mm-hmm. But Tulsa had a 21-point lead going into the fourth quarter against SMU, who SMU was ranked for the first time since 1986, wow. which was before the death penalty. Right. Um, Explain that to some, some of our viewers who maybe didn't. So the death attention. penalty was what SMU got in the early nineties, late eighties, um, they had what was called the pony express because they're the Mustangs and they were one of the best teams. I mean, they're a Texas team, they're Dallas. Um, and so they had a lot of talent. I mean, they were, they were playing like Texas and like Texas A&M and these other programs that we think of as power programs from Texas. Um, and they even won a national championship. Right. They were really good. They were they were incredible. Um, well, they did nothing to hide how they paid their players. <laughs> uh, they were very – the players were flaunting it. Everything was out in the open. And so the NCAA stepped in and crushed them. They gave them what is largely referred to as the death penalty. Um, they had to shut down their football program for two years. Um, it might've been one year, but it was two, I believe it was two years. I think it was two. And then even when they came back, they had, they couldn't scholarship anybody. And then little by little, they were given scholarships back. And it wasn't until about 10 years ago that they were back to being full strength with scholarships and out of all of the sanctions. Um, and so it completely decimated them. And so they went from being one of the top teams in the nation to being for a long time just some of the worst teams in the nation and they were not competitive at all and so this is the first time that they've been ranked since they got that death penalty 30 years ago basically yeah wow and and so it was wow so it's huge for smu it was their so they had a home game right after this that being ranked for the first time um so for the first time in 33 years they play a game at home as a ranked team and going into the fourth quarter they're down by 21 points so it looks like they're going to get smoked it looks like they're going to ruin it but in the fourth quarter they come back and they tie it and they force triple overtime and win it in triple overtime amazing it was wild but my favorite thing from this game so it was awesome that smu was able to do that super entertaining game but my favorite thing was i don't know if you saw the kickoff that Tulsa did uh, when they were up, I believe they were up 14 to seven at this point. I don't think so. Um, 
I think I missed this one. It was oh so stupid. Um, so I have a question for you. If a is it possible for a team that is kicking off to score a touchdown on the kickoff? No, I don't believe so. Unless the other team fumbles. Unless the other team fumbles, exactly. So it's the idea that, um, and and just to, to briefly explain it, it's because if you were to do an onside kick, wherever you get the ball is where it's downed. You cannot advance an onside kick. Right. But if the uh, if the kickoff team catches it, returns it, fumbles, then at that point, it's just like any other fumble. It can be returned for a touchdown. Well, um, Tulsa got a one-yard – officially, it was ruled a fumble return, but really, it was a kickoff return. Um, so Tulsa scored a touchdown early mm-hmm. in the second quarter, kicks it off, and it's right along the sideline. So the SMU players think it's just going to bounce out of bounds. Uh-huh. And so they don't they don't grab it, they don't touch it. And the Tulsa team is sprinting down and then it ends up bouncing and it stays in bounds in the end zone. And so Tulsa jumps on it and yep, it's a touchdown for wow. Tulsa on a kickoff. So it was an onside kick, but it was a touchdown, which is wild. Um, I guess technically SMU did touch it, which kind of had some effect on it. But in the end, it was just it was a touchdown, and it was the stupidest play that SMU could have had. You got to do what all the smart players do: is step out, step out of bounds, grab the ball. It's automatic. Yep. If you're out of bounds and you touch the ball, the ball is out of bounds, which yep. means it's an out of bounds kick. And I, in college, it's just 15 yards, right? No, it's uh, they put it at the 40. Okay, they do put it in the or the 40. 35, I think, something okay. like that. I was going to say, I think the NFL is 40, and I think college is a little bit less than that. Yeah, I think it's a 35. Okay. But still. like they're, but Yeah, so it's you, so stupid. So, yeah. so stupid. <laughs> the fact that they were that they did that. And so if that would have been why they lost, it would have just been a good candidate for Poo Poo Team of the Week. But um, that was probably the Poo Poo Play of the Week. Absolutely. I but I it was it was terrible. Yeah, I, I recommend go look it up. It was just such a stupid play, <laughs> just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so I'll just run through real quick. Um, I have my uh, top twenty-five teams. I'm just gonna go over my top ten mm-hmm. um, on who I think are the top ten teams and in what order. Um, so obviously I have Bama as my number one team in the country. Um, number two, I have really close. And in fact, my computer ranking puts them, um, ahead of Bama. So my computer ranking has Bama at number three and the team I have at number two, they also have at number two and that's Ohio state. Okay. Um, Ohio state's real good. Yeah, they are real, real good. They're really, really um, good. and number three, I have LSU. Okay. Number number four, I have Wisconsin. Okay. Number five, I have Oklahoma. Number six, I have Georgia. Um, number seven, I have 
Penn State. Wow, okay. Uh, number eight, I have Clemson. And that Clemson-Penn State, that was partly because Penn State is my number one ranked in the computer. Oh, okay. They really like Penn State, and so I kind of was trying to take that into account. Um, Makes sense. Number eight, or sorry, number nine, I have Florida, and number 10, I have Notre Dame. Um, so I think those will be, those pretty well match what the APD top top 10 are with some variation, but yeah, I think Bama's really good. I think LSU's really good. I think we just saw that LSU's incredible. Um, that top tier is really good. Yeah. So, uh, the teams or the games that I want to watch for this week, uh, there's some, there's a couple really good ones this week and a couple ones that I just have my own personal interest in why they might be good. <laughs> um, so number six, Oklahoma at, uh, well, I guess versus number 11, Texas. It's the Red River rivalry. Uh, the Red River shootout is what it used to be, but can't call it that anymore. <laughs> um, that'll be a really good one. I think this is Oklahoma's chance to prove that they're in that top tier. Right. Um, and I think this is Texas's chance to maybe say we are too. Our loss to LSU is respectable. It was, um, absolutely. And so that'll be a good one. I think Oklahoma's probably going to win it. I think Oklahoma has the best offense in the country. I think yep. their defense is better than it's been in a long time. I, you know, as you saw in my ranking, I'm really high on Oklahoma. I think they're really good. Uh, so they'll they'll do well. I think it'll be an entertaining game, but I would be surprised if Oklahoma didn't win that one. Um, the next game is number one, Bama, going to number 24, Texas A&M. Um, I expect Bama to win this one. I expect them to win pretty handily. But going into the season, uh, A&M plays uh, play. Well, has already played Auburn, Clemson, Bama, LSU. They will play LSU and then Georgia as well. And so with those five games, there was like a thirty percent chance that they pull off an upset in one of those games. Right. Well, two of them are already gone, and so. It's more just the idea that statistically they will pull off an upset somewhere. Right. Um, it's hard to predict which one, but that's the main reason I'm highlighting this one is A&M's getting plenty of shots for upsets. Is this the one that it happens in? Probably, um, probably not, but it, it would be interesting. Kyle yeah. Field has been, has been rough to opponents in the past little bit. Clemson barely made it out last year. LSU got upset last year. Right. Um, it'd be interesting. So the next game is San Jose State versus Nevada, um, and that's also just kind of an assy bowl. Um, I am interested to see if how good San Jose State actually is. Um, they haven't really beat anybody that's that great. I mean, I guess they did beat Arkansas, but they're pretty bad too. Right. But Nevada has been really disappointing this year, so I kind of want to know respectively where they're at. Um, has Nevada just kind of looked not great, but still they're okay. Is San Jose state actually turning into a bowl team? There's like a 20% or 30% chance that San Jose state will make a bowl game this year. That would be awesome. That's way too high. Yeah. (laughs) Cause they still get, so they have three wins and they still have Nevada and UNLV who they, I mean that puts them at five and then it's just an upset somewhere else. Yeah. So, Solid shot, and I don't know if they get. Um, I should have, I should have looked this up. But if they get um, Colorado State, 
that's another one that they might be favored in. No, they don't. Okay. They don't get Colorado State. Um, they get – let's look and see which games they are. So Nevada, San Diego State, Army, Boise State, Hawaii, UNLV, and Fresno State. And So, yeah, they'll probably win – well, they have a good shot at beating Nevada and UNLV. And then it's just the idea of can they pull off an upset in any of the other five games. Yeah, One it would have to be an upset. But, but that's like, good. I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah. This could be a, a San Jose State team that would be four and two if they win this week. Yeah. That would be so cool. Um Should I'd be it? all for that. I, I'd mm-hmm. be all for that. Um so that's why I'm excited for that one. And then number ten Penn State goes to number seventeen Iowa. Same idea as last week against Michigan. Um Penn State has a shot to prove themselves that they belong in that top tier. Iowa maybe just has a shot to prove that they deserve to be ranked. Um, right. So there's some questions there. Then number – well, USC is going to Notre Dame, number nine. Mm. Um, USC maybe deserves to be ranked, maybe is good. They're, they've got a lot of questions there. They're, uh, they're so up and down. Like one week I'm like, dang, this is like a – number like 15 ish team and then yeah this is the a next revival. week it's like yeah. okay i'd probably put him at 30 to 40 mm-hmm. so it, it's it, it's it'll be really interesting to see which team shows up this week yeah is this the team that gets beat by byu or the team that beats utah right like who is this mm-hmm. so yeah i'm very intrigued by this usc team um and then same idea with notre dame um i don't think that they're in that top tier but this is a good shot to put it a statement win so yeah. we'll see yeah they could make it um and then the game that game day is going to is number seven florida at number five lsu um i can tell you from personal experience lsu is a crazy atmosphere even when it is an 11 o'clock game against a team that nobody cares about right. um it's gonna be wild for that game it's gonna be super crazy it's gonna be really interesting probably won't um, be quite as hot this week no, it won't be. I, I saw the the weather forecast, and I was pretty bummed that the the cold front moved in today. But yeah, so LSU has a good shot to say, "Yep, we are a playoff team." Um, they're five in the AP right now. I wouldn't be surprised if, with a good win here, they could move up to two or three. Um, and same thing with Florida. Florida with a solid win at LSU, it's gonna be really well respected. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be good. Then the final game is Hawaii versus Boise State. Um, this one I think is really interesting because Hawaii has looked really good this year. Mm, uh, their yeah. only loss is to Washington, and Boise State's undefeated. So this might be an actually, like, I thought last year's Hawaii team was kind of a flash in the pan. Not that good, but looks good against bad teams. Right. Hawaii has looked good all around. Um and so it'll be really interesting to see how they pair up with Boise State, especially because this could be, and I mean, right now it looks like it it just might be the uh, conference championship game um, and that they'd have a rematch of the same oh, game yeah. in December. Um, and so both teams want to win it to make sure they get to that conference championship game, but they also want to make sure they know where they're at because Hawaii's looked like the best team in the West and... Boise State's probably the best team in the mountain, so right. it'll be a be a good matchup. So, but yeah, so that's uh that's what's going on and what's going to happen in college football. All right, cool. Um, 
So as I kind of said earlier, I didn't watch many games this week either. I came down to strep throat this weekend and was in bed all week just sleeping most of the day, actually. Mm -hmm. So and to be fair, like I really wasn't excited about any of the Sunday morning games anyways. So I don't even like I would have found a game to watch, but I wouldn't have been super excited about it. So I only watched two games this week too. I watched the Thursday night game, obviously with the Rams and the Seahawks. And then I watched the Packers Cowboys game. Um, someone else who was sick though is Sam Darnold. And uh, it has appeared that mono has been a blessing for Sam Darnold because (laughs) it has relieved so much pressure from him after Mm -hmm. seeing how dog this team is without him. There is zero pressure on him to, to try yep. and win a wild card or anything. He just needs to go out there and try and improve and, and you know, be competitive in games because this this team, they my brother is an Eagles fan. And, uh, apparently they had to call a timeout just because they couldn't line up for a field goal. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was bad. So the, the, the Jets have looked real bad. Um Another team that's looked real bad is the Redskins. Jay Gruden finally got fired. Um, I thought it would be a couple weeks ago he got fired. I was shocked that it came the week that he lost to the Patriots because it's like, well, duh, you're going to lose to the Patriots. But the the 0-5 Redskins are bottom five in the following categories. Total offense, total defense, scoring offense, scoring defense, turnover differential, and they have the second-worst scoring differential, only second to, of course, the Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. So they have been really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what they're going to do? Uh, reports are that they're, not, they're still not going to be starting Dwayne Haskins, um, mm. which, honestly, I, I, I still think that's the right play. Yeah, Case Keenum is a serviceable quarterback. Like they're not losing because of Case Keenum, they're yeah. losing because the rest of their team is really, really bad. Other yeah. than uh, Trent, who they're probably gonna have to trade. Yeah. Um. So we'll see where they end up at the end of the year, but they will be competing with Miami and uh, the Bengals for the worst team of the league. I think Miami will probably take it. Um. But the Redskins have a. And yeah, it'll be close. Um, so, uh, a few games this week I wanted to talk about was the. We'll start with the Rams Seahawks game. I seem to talk about the Rams game every week. Um, I mean, they've played some important games each week. So. Yeah, what like I am a Rams fan, but I believe that like this was a really big game. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this is this was really big in deciding who's going to win the division at the end of the year. Um, so last week I was really down on the Rams. I was really down on Jared Goff. I was not impressed at all last week. Uh, This week I was, uh, pleasantly surprised. I went in this game expecting to get spanked and Mm -hmm. we kept it very competitive. And if it wasn't for, if it was for about three yards to the left on a 48 yard field goal, Greg's airline almost never misses. Mm-hmm. we would have won this game. Um, that was a real close one. But more importantly, Jared Goff only threw one pick in this game, and it was one of the craziest picks 
that she'll ever oh, yeah. see. Oh, yeah, right there at the end. Yeah, so so um, I tweeted right before this. It was f- the, the fourth quarter. We were down by one mm-hmm. um, with, I believe, four minutes left, maybe five minutes left. And I tweeted, okay, Jared Goff, this is this is your drive to prove the haters wrong. Like, mm-hmm. drive down and at least get a field goal here so that we have a chance to win. Yeah. He drove down. We got to their about 50-yard line, throws the ball, hits the wide receiver in the hands, but I think it was a little bit behind him. Yeah, it was a little bit. I mean, I still think it was a pretty good throw. Yeah, but... it, was a, it was still a good throw. He should have caught it. He yeah. didn't. At first glance, it looked like the ball fell and hit the ground. But oh yeah, def- first glance it definitely looked incomplete. But the defender was able to like barely get his hands under the ball. Um, so close. It was crazy. Like, oh my gosh! It, it was wild how close it was, but how the camera angles were good enough that it was so clear yeah. that it was an interception. Like there was no question about it. Yeah. Even absolutely. though initially it was so obviously a drop. And and I'm glad that they got the call right. Like I. Even as a Rams fan, I would rather them get the call right, especially because I don't want to listen to it to another week of, oh, the the, the rest cheat for the Rams, blah, 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 yep. blah, blah, blah. Um, but also just because I want the refs to get the, the calls right. Like, yeah. that's more important than, to me than who wins the game. Um, so they throw a pick. Defense, who didn't play very well this game, um, makes a stop. Jared Goff gets the ball back again, um, drives the ball down the field again, sets up a 48-yarder, and like I mentioned before, Greg Zerline probably hits this 95 to 98% of the time, yep. misses it. Um, it is important to note, so at the, the end of the second quarter, uh, it was fourth and one at our... 35-yard line, 33-yard line, something like that. Um, And instead of – and they were up by – I believe they were up by 14 at this point, maybe 13. Um, So instead of going for it, whereas a touchdown probably seals this game, like it's really hard to come back from a 20-point deficit in the NFL at halftime, like especially with – the Rams offense not firing all in all cylinders and our defense. Marcus Peters has given up huge plays the past like three weeks. Um, Akeem Talib hasn't looked super great. Um, our defensive line still ha- stoked with. Uh, they they kept Carson contained for the most part. Um, but uh, they end up kicking a field goal instead of going for it. They miss the field goal, mm-hmm. which to me, I feel like you deserve to miss that field goal. If you're such a pansy that at fourth and yep. one, you don't go for it. Like I, I, th- I think all of the analytics say you go for it there. Um, yeah. But they kick a field goal. They miss a field goal. Jared Goff is able to drive down the field and score a touchdown right before half, um, making it a six-point game at half. We got the ball back. I believe we scored. Scored on the the next drive, could be wrong. I don't remember. Again, I was sick, head's mm-hmm. a little boggy. But uh, yeah, like 
should have sealed the, the the win, but instead kicked a field goal, missed the field goal. So there was two missed field goals in this game. Unfortunately, one came at the very end that would have sealed the win for the Rams and uh, mm-hmm. would have put them in prime position to, well, to be fighting for the division with the 49ers, who right now are 4-0. and Looking real good. Banked. Yeah. The Browns. They yeah. made them look silly. 31-3. to Probably should have been forty-one to three. Um, it was ugly. Yeah, like it this. Was, it this was real ugly. This Browns defense has looked good the past few weeks. I mean, they are a little bit injured, but they've looked good. I mean, at the minimum serviceable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the Niners just didn't even make them look that. And they put crazy. up forty-five points, I believe, last week against the Ravens, and mm-hmm. they put up three this week. Um. Baker threw a few more picks this week. Um, really needs to work on that if he's going to be as good as people want him to be. Um, but yeah, the Rams, I'm, I'm having a hard time with the uh, with uh, Baker right now. I'm not sure how confident I'm feeling in him. Yeah, like I, I feel you. That, that's where I am with Jared. This week did restore a lot of hope back in Jared Goff. He looked really mm. good. He made really good decisions. Um, and uh, he put together drives when he needed to. Unfortunately, we weren't able to seal it, but he looked good. I am hopeful. I still think we can win this division. It's going to be hard. We're definitely going to have to win when we play in L.A. And mm-hmm. um, we... At least we definitely have to win at least one. I'm hoping we can win both games against the 49ers, which the first game is this next week in LA. Um, despite the 49ers being four and O and being highly ranked by at least some, mm-hmm. LA is favored by four. Um, yeah. So I'm excited for that game. That's a big game to watch this week. Um, the Seahawks play the Browns this week. We'll see how the Browns pop back. Um, yep because it's very important after a loss like that that you, you come back and do something do something right yeah gotta do something right now because that was ugly uh, oh and uh, a, a game I, I missed this week uh Ravens Steelers um I thought for sure the Ravens were gonna spank the Steelers I didn't expect this game to be close um the Steelers took the Ravens to overtime mm-hmm. with Mason Rudolph getting knocked down that was that was ugly. Out in third, it was. He was. That was real bad. Out. Um, that was one that I like watched, and I was like, "Ooh, man, I don't think I want my kids to ever play football." Yeah, that one hurt to oh. watch. Um, the even, hands, the hands are what got me the most. Oh yeah, oh Cause, yeah. Because he he was knocked out with a hit to the head, and then he just went limp, and then he hits his head again, and his hands just tighten up. And they're kind of just like crab I mean, claws. Yeah, kind of crab claws, like kind of how people do like T Rex claws. I mean, yeah. not to be disrespectful, but like kind of just like the straight fingers. But <laughs> disrespectful tight. to T Rexes? Is that something we well, need to worry to, about in today's? To, I'm, I'm talking disrespectful to the person that was nearly murdered. Oh, uh, I. <laughs> but, that makes more sense. Like, yeah, like the straight fingers, but like the palm is completely tensed up, but like random fingers are sticking up. Yeah. It was it was ugly. It was yeah. I I saw that and I was just like, oh, that's so bad. That's yeah. so bad. Yeah, but even putting in Devlin Hodges, the rookie out of Samford, that you've probably never heard of because I know I hadn't. I mean, he was um, from Samford. 
So no right. one, no, I mean, even college football people don't know anybody from FCS for the most right. part. So, right. So, um, interesting in this game though, in overtime, I, I, I honestly, when they first announced this, I thought the, the guy was confused and he made the wrong call. The Steelers chose to defend. They chose which way to go and they chose to defend. Um, Really? Yeah, which I guess is putting you have more hope in your defense because then at that point, because if you stop them, then all you have to get is a field goal. You just get a field goal. Um, yeah. Which with a rookie garbage quarterback and, you know, this team, that's something to you could probably put together. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they forced a three and out. They they mm-hmm. they they stopped them really so quick. Paid off right then. Yeah. Um, they weren't able to muster anything on offense though. They punted it back, and the Ravens were able to f- kick a field goal. They came away with a win in this one and a divisional win at that. Yeah. But exactly. as somebody I had in my top five or wanted to put in my top five at a certain point, I don't know. Lamar Jackson has regressed in the past few weeks, and like yep. like I said, I. I expected his numbers to go down a little bit after those first two weeks because he was going to be playing better defenses. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't been throwing the ball as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll Makes watch out. I have no idea who's going to win this division. Um, so, my question, going back to the overtime, did they know that it wasn't college rules? Because college rules, you always want to pick defend first. Right. Yes. So, did they know that? Yes, this were was, they fully aware of that? I believe so. I would okay. assume so. Like one, the referee very clearly before the the overtime starts states all the rules. Like we're uh-huh. gonna have a ten minute overtime period. Each yep. team will get, or the first team if they score or get a safety, the game is over. You know, because so, that game was played in Pittsburgh, right? Correct. So that means that Pitt's head coach Narduzzi. He could have been on the sideline saying, hey, this is what I would do. And then uh, Tomlin, is it still Tomlin that's head coach? It is still Tomlin. Um, Tomlin might have gone, hey, that's not a bad idea. And then they just went with it and it it went poorly. You know how I feel about Pitt and their coaching staff and their coaching decisions. Um, So that does make sense. I guess from what what they were saying, apparently the Patriots have done this a couple times. Um, huh. So like, I don't know, but I I just I just feel like with the fact that you can end the game with a touchdown in NFL, I I think you have to take the ball. Just there can be a yeah. blown coverage, like anything yep. can happen. You can score a touchdown. Um, Yep, you could have like you could have be where the wide receiver's running down, and j- there's a blown call should have been pi yeah. on the offense, but they don't call it, and it's game over, and that sucks. Or like the cornerback trips, we've seen that yep. before. Like anything can happen. Like, yep, I don't know. I, I I feel like you have to go for it there. So I wasn't stoked on that. Um, but they made their choice, and they it kind of paid off. But then they weren't yeah, able to do it on offense. Um, yep. The last game I kind of want to preview for this week. It's going to be uh, the Texans versus the Chiefs. Um, the Texans put up fifty-three points against the Falcons this week. 
um which for an NFL game, that's a lot of points. Pretty, pretty wild, yeah. They, they gave up 32 points, though, against the Falcons. And, I mean, some of that was them pulling off, I guess, on defense. I don't I don't know whether they put in second stringers at any point. Um, so it'll kind of be these two teams where their defenses are, are – their, yeah, their defenses are not very good, but their offenses are highly potent. We'll see who comes out that's, on top. Um, that's a fun game. Yeah, it, yeah. at the very least, it'll be fun. You have two quarterbacks that are just fun as hell to watch who are slippery as hell and can throw the ball. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really compare Watson throwing the ball to Mahomes throwing the ball because I don't think you can really compare anyone to Mahomes throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can still sling it. Um, so, yeah, this will be a fun game to watch. Um the Texans are just outside my top 10 this week. I I was tempted to put them in at 10, um, but I didn't. The other team I was tempted to put in 10 is the Panthers. Um, with Kyle Allen, they have gone 4-0, and and he has thrown zero picks. They look good. Their yeah. defense has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um the only thing is I just think the other 10 teams I have are slightly better. Like, yeah. So, um, so is Kyle Allen just kind of the game manager? Is he just not throwing interceptions and that alone is enough for them to win? So I'll be completely honest. I haven't watched a single game of Kyle Allen. I've watched some highlights. Um, and from what I can tell, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, an important stat, Christian McCaffrey has 866 oh, yeah. yards from scrimmage. Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley combined have 815. Oh, yeah. I think it's also important to point out as a Rams fan, Ezekiel Elliott only has 50 more yards than the oh-so Todd Gurley that oh, people yeah. are saying are done. So, yep. like, he Ezekiel Elliott did have a slow start in that first game, but um, so did Gurley. Still, still nothing. Yeah, so, Gurley hasn't been great. So Christian McCaffrey, who I said at the beginning of the year was going to be the best all-around running back this year mm-hmm. behind Barkley, has been proving it to me. Yep. And with Barkley being out, he's clearly the number one running back. Yeah, number one. And yep. he, even with Barkley, he might be just because I think he's more of a threat in the pass game. And with having Kyle Allen, I mean, they both have these like new quarterbacks who are going to be relying on their star running backs. But mm-hmm. I just think Christian McCaffrey is like you could put Christian McCaffrey in the slot and he'd be uh, one of the best slot be players in the league. Yep. You could what, light him out deep. I I don't know that he's the best deep runner. He's more better in space and making people miss. I believe the stat I saw was he had twenty five missed tackles in the past two weeks alone. <laughs> like pretty crazy. He, there was highlights of this last game where he made made the same player miss like five separate times throughout the game like he just had a rough game as one of their linebackers yeah Uh, just right up the middle and McCaffrey can just juke him out yeah out in space and it's just one was just dirty he just stopped and the player just zoomed right oh yeah I saw that one yeah Yeah. it was amazing I love Christian McCaffrey like I've said this good guy too he's a great guy he's very like down to earth from what I can tell we used mm-hmm. to like we used to sit around in our college dorm and just watch him at Stanford. Yeah, we just, loved him. Yeah, it was amazing. So I'm so happy he's doing well in the NFL. Yep. I wish he was 
on a team that I could root for because I just don't like the Panthers very much. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can once Cam Newton leaves. Um, yeah. But... So, so my question is, when Cam Newton gets healthy, with how Kyle Allen's doing, does Cam Newton still get the job back? Or is it a short leash? If I'm the Panthers coach... I want to say Al Riveron, and that's the head referee, so I'm, I apologize. Ron, ah, who cares what your name is? Um, if I'm the coach, I'm leaving in Kyle Allen. I'm I'm, I'm getting rid of Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. He's just banged up. He just Maybe hasn't thrown the piece. ball. Yeah, there's got to be someone out there who, who needs a quarterback who's going to pay decently for Cam Newton. Well, um, I mean, look at the Steelers right now. The Steelers are really banged up at quarterback, and maybe there's something there that the Steelers have questions on, and they're willing to to give it a shot. I don't know. If if Roethlisberger retires, sure. Yeah. Or it comes back from surgery and it's just complete dog duty. But I think yeah, at least if he comes back, have to give him half a season. Yeah. Coming fr- from that series of a surgery. Um, but there's definitely other teams. I think the Bengals need to move on from Andy Dalton. Um, I don't. Th- I think Miami's looking in the draft. Honestly, I think the Bengals are looking in the draft too. But I yeah. mean, you're at some of those teams where it's like you need so many pieces. If you can get one outside the draft, and then your your top pick, you can get like a top defensive player, or like top running back. Although, I guess, I guess. Judy from Alabama, the wide receiver. Oh, Judy's good. Judy's is real somebody good. I'd be looking for. Like if I can yeah, get Jerry Cam Judy. Judy. Yeah. Jerry Judy is very, very, very good. Um But so we'll we'll see how that goes. They probably keep Cam Newton because he's Cam Newton and yeah. it, he's just a staple in Carolina. It's the franchise, yep. But if it was me I wouldn't. Um <laughs> I would keep Kyle Allen and then you still have Will Greer behind him, who I think could be successful as well. So yeah, I like Will Greer. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, Panthers at basically ten point five. Um, okay. I have the Cowboys at ten. Honestly, like I really want to move them out, not just because I hate the Cowboys, <laughs> but because they just he Dak has not looked good after those first three games. Like we knew he was going to look good in those first three games because he's playing garbage teams with garbage secondaries, garbage defenses in general. Um, but we thought he looked really good. Um, we thought this team was a top five team at one point. Um, I thought they would fall a little bit, but, um, they just haven't looked good. They didn't, they, they almost came back against the Packers, but the Packers have, have done this. I mean, they went up 21 points in the first quarter against the Minnesota Vikings and then didn't score another point for the rest of the game. Like they take the gat, the pedal off the gas real hard. So, um, but Aaron Jones demolished this team. Oh yeah. Aaron Jones looked Worked amazing in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I'm not going to take credit for that trade, but well, um, mostly because you then told me to trade him. No, 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 You asked me if that's a fair deal, and I said, um, maybe, depending on the second piece you got. Yeah. But I, I wasn't very convinced on that deal. I was also at work and very distracted, <laughs> so I'm going to call that one. Um, yeah. But uh, the defense didn't look great against the Packers. 
I think Dak threw a total of six picks in this game. I know he only recorded three in this game. Two or three did get called back, though. But oh. you th- you throw six picks in a game, whether or not they're called know. back. Like it's it's not because there was some clear defensive pass interference that caused these. It was some like defensive holding away yeah. from the play that is causing or, these. Or like offsides, and he goes deep and makes yeah. a bad toss or something. Yeah. Well, that, that wasn't the case this week. It, they oh, okay. were just bad throws that he got back because of stupid penalties by the defense. And one was really, really soft that mm. I didn't quite agree with, but hmm. what can you do? Um, in that game, I'd like to point out <laughs> Jason Garrett got got into a fight basically with the – there was one that was a very, very soft – pass interference like he was basically face guarding him but he like made contact barely right before the ball got there like i wouldn't have called it um and he like chewed out the ref and you can see the ref go then throw the flag then as he's walking away (laughs) and so he does he challenges it but by rule it was pass interference and if it's by rule they're not going to overturn it they're just Mm -hmm. they're just not overturning anything that they can get away with not overturning um And then later there was a catch on the sideline that was an amazing catch um, that he called out of bounds. And Mm. he goes up and he, like, throws the flag down, like, right in front of the ref, like, fuck you. Um, And he got a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty on that. So even though they got the, the catch, it was only, like, a net, like, five or 10 yards, I think, because of the 15-yard penalty afterwards. Um, Cowboys at number 10. Number 9, I have the Rams. I wanted to move them up a little bit, but just, again, the same thing as the Panthers. I think the other teams in them have proven that they're just a little bit better. Um, they did make a little bit of a comeback um, this week in terms of how good they looked. Their zone defense hasn't looked great. They've g- given up really big passes the past couple of weeks in their zone defense. Um, their defensive line though has been great. Unfortunately, Clay Matthews broke his jaw in this game. Um, he's out on one of the he he got another Clay Matthews roughing the passer. Like, oh yeah, I I don't know what it is with Clay Matthews and roughing the passer, but if they see that those that hair hit the quarterback, they're gonna throw the flag. Um, yep. Number eight, I have Buffalo. Um. Their defense is still the. I think they're the best defense in the league. Um, I just again have questions about their offense. Josh Allen is. He I I really do think he has a high ceiling, but he also has a low floor. He hasn't been able to keep. He's thrown too many picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just. I think they'll do a lot better once the cold weather comes around. They're much more of a cold weather team. Um, but right now I have them number eight. I do think they still take that wild card spot and go to the playoffs um, and potentially steal a win. Okay. Um, number seven, I have the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is one of, if not the best quarterback in the league. Um, I do think he's worse than Mahomes, but he is just something special to watch. And I think something you could say about um, Russell Wilson that I can't say about a lot of other quarterbacks, I think he would fit on any team. 
Like, I think yeah. you could plug Russell Wilson. Like, honestly, I really wish I could see the Chicago Bears with Russell Wilson. Like, that sweet. would be that defense. I, th- I think they would be Super Bowl favorites if they had Russell Wilson instead of Trubisky slash Chase Daniels. Um, um, Tyler Lockett, who everybody called a gadget guy, looked made the most incredible catch of the game. It was one of those plays where Russell Wilson, like, basically was throwing the ball away um, in the end zone. He was just making it so, like, maybe Tyler Lockett can make an amazing play, and he made an amazing play. I think the analytics put it at, like, a 6% chance of completion. Um, Just amazing. They haven't – they weren't as successful running the ball this week, though. So they – and that's kind of what they are as a, a you know run team. So we'll see how they do. Their defense looked r- pretty good this week. Um, so yeah, Seahawks at number seven. Number six, I have the Green Bay Packers. Um, they had a great win against the Cowboys. Um, Aaron Rodgers looked comfortable in Dallas as always. Um, looked great. Aaron Jones looked great. This defense. Leads league in takeaways, um, which is what you want um, because Aaron Rodgers isn't somebody who gives the ball away very much. Um, so so to, to have a defense that has a bunch of takeaways and then have an offense that doesn't really give the ball away very much, you're going to win mm-hmm. a lot of games that way. Um, surprisingly, number five, I have the Chiefs. Um, really? That low? Yeah. I I played with what this one a little bit. I probably should put him at four, um, but I have him at five. I and I I'd like to say this is not where I think they end up at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. I do think at the end of the season they'll be fighting for a playoff spot or not <laughs> playoff spot <laughs> for a Super Bowl spot. Um, mm-hmm. But they just they they have a bunch of injuries and um, their defense. Their defense is highly suspect. They're not great. That secondary is not great, and they have not been able to stop the run at all. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I mean, who are you expecting them to play going into the Super Bowl? Like from the AFC, they're probably going to be playing the Patriots. Patriots. Who yeah. like, I mean, they have decent running backs, but they're not going to put up two hundred yards on you. No. Um. Marlon Mack from the Colts put up a bunch of points against them this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they lost against a Colts team that is pretty good. I probably have them around 14 or 15. Um, Brissett has looked really good. I'm impressed with him this week, week or this year. Um, but he's he's still, you know, not a top 10 quarterback. Um, so Chiefs at number five. Number four, I have the Eagles. Um, okay. Carson Wentz is amazing. I said at the beginning of this year that I think Jared Goff could be better than Wentz. Wentz is making me rethink that with him being healthy. He, the, and I'll say it like his just ability to avoid sacks and, and make plays out of nothing is just special to watch. Um, they've got a great wide receiver core. Their offensive line is pretty good. 
Their defensive line is definitely, st- I'm going to say it again, they're missing Michael Bennett. I can't believe they gave him away for what they did. And their secondary is still not very good. Um, and they they lost a player, I believe, in the secondary the past couple of weeks. So they're just going to have to outgun most teams. But I think their offense is good enough, especially when everyone is healthy, that they can they can outgun most they any can, team in the league. They can shoot at them. Yep. Yeah. So um, Eagles at number four. Number three, I have the Saints. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is looking like the best backup in the league and is better than some starting quarterbacks. Like he's nothing special, but he isn't giving away the ball. He's relying on Alvin Kamara, who's just a special player. Um, and Michael Thomas, who's just, um, very, very, um, consistent and dependable. And this defense, I, I slept on this defense, man. Um, the past two weeks, they have had six sacks in both games, which if you're getting six sacks a game, you're probably going to be in it. Like they, they, they didn't put away any of the teams they're playing, but they're beating the teams they're winning. Uh, they're, be- they're beating the teams they're winning. They're beating the teams they're playing every week. Um, and I, I just, I think they're really good. And I think they're going to be fighting for that NFC spot in the playoffs at the end of the year. Once Drew Brees comes back. Number two, this might be an overreaction, but number two, I have San Francisco. Um, I originally had them at three, but um, just looking back at that Browns win, they've looked great. They have the number two overall defense in the league, which is not something I expected at the beginning of the year. Um Garoppolo has looked good. Um, I've been impressed with Garoppolo. Um, again, I don't think he's as good as as one's thought, um, but he's somebody who can lead a team to a Super Bowl. That's for sure. Um, good. So the NFC best with the only division with three three teams with three wins um, has also three teams in my top ten. Um, so. San Francisco is going to be fighting for that division, especially starting out 4-0. There's, again, like I said, this game against the Rams in L.A. this week is going to be very important for both of these teams. If the Rams lose and go to 3-3, three three, they probably are out of the playoffs. Um, like that, that might be an overreaction, but it's very hard for me to see them passing the Seahawks at that point. And it's unlikely that both wildcard teams come out of the NFC West. Like the NFC North is too good to not have a team that's fighting for that. Um, the NFC South has Carolina who can be up there. Um, and then number one, I have the Patriots. Um, I don't, I think that margin is shrinking a little bit. Their offense hasn't been, as good as once thought, especially with all of their wide receivers being injured or out. Um, in case you missed it, Gronkowski has signed with Fox Sports One, I believe. Or Fox oh yeah, Sports, I did maybe. see that one. I sent that to my fantasy league as a joke of like, oh no, Gronk signed. I can't believe he's done this. This is gonna be so crazy. <laughs> yeah, he signed with Fox Sports and like left that later, so that way everybody <laughs> thought that he was signing with the Patriots. Yeah, so he is definitely, uh, definitely not coming back this year. 
or ever, I guess, probably. He yeah, could probably. pull the Witten, and he could mm-hmm. come back after one year casting, but... I bet he's done. I bet he's done. He sounds like he's done. He seems happy, and he seems like... Hopefully, he should... He's really entertaining, so he should be successful. He's a fun guy, yeah. Yeah, so... um, Yeah, but the even without him, the Patriots... The Patriots' defense do have a top-five defense, um, and that secondary is deadly, and... I mean, with Tom Brady, any offense is going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. They definitely are going to be a little bit more. Uh, we'll see how Nikhil Harry does when he comes back. Um, like, we're expecting him to be good, but he is also a rookie that hasn't played for the beginning of the year and hasn't. I don't think he's been able to practice at all because he's on IR. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But Patriots are still at number one. Yep. I pray for the day I get to move him out of that spot. <laughs> But for right now, they're at number one. And yep. look like they're going to stay there for the foreseeable future. The next their, their schedule is very easy. They could easily go 14-2 and two this year. They could be going for another 16-0 and 0 team. I don't think they will. I think they'll lose. Um, but who, who knows? Like, if any team could go 16-0, and 0, it's going to be them. So, yep. Um, them or the 49ers well <laughs> you're right the 49ers being 4-0 at this point they have that chance but uh, yeah. i think still it's having to play the rams twice have to play the seahawks twice and having a couple other um a, and, and i just don't think they're as strong so so yeah anyways that's it for this week um thanks for listening follow us at, at oc bystanders and we will see you next week All right, see ya. Bye.